Okay, bitches, what's happening? Here we go, episode 37. 37, Christ. Pushing Rubber Podcast, your host, Adam Piggott, blah, 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 reaching out across the interwebs, across the world. Um, I've got listeners in Saudi Arabia. Can you believe that? Holy crap fest. I mean, probably government employees, you know, waiting to see if I touch down in one of their shitty airports. So they can do the arrests on me. Um, just touched down in one of your shitty airports. My life depended on it. Singapore forever. Okay. Uh, I hope all you deplorables, Delcons and dipshits out there are, uh, are having a fine week. It's been a... Um, well, yeah, it's been a uh, pretty interesting week. Um, I think the big bugbear in the room, obviously, is uh, my cock. No, uh, Milo. Uh, fuck, I can't believe I said those two things together. That's pretty gay. Um, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos. Um, a uh, writer for Breitbart. He used to be, started off in there, um, if I remember correctly, uh, writing about tech at Breitbart uh, and happened to... Um, have a brilliant platform to get his views out there when Gamergate hit and was savvy enough to recognise what Gamergate actually was, which was the first ever pushback against the progressive agenda of people coming in and telling people how to think and act. Um, Milo rode that hard for all that it was worth, and hats off to him. Uh, I thought some of the stuff that he wrote during Gamergate, because I was a blogger during Gamergate as well, was absolutely brilliant. Um, and then became morphed into a, sort of like a performance artist, stand-up, um, provocateur, provocateur how, how do you say it? I don't know, my French is shit, uh, of SJWs everywhere with, you know, um, catchy phrases like feminism is cancer, um, and did that very, 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 very well as well, um, and has since had... His whole platform. What has he? What has he lost this week? Well, I mean, his invitation to speak on college campuses is probably over. Uh, he's um, uh, lost his two hundred fifty thousand dollar book deal, though. I mean, that just shows that Schumann and Shasta. It's just, I mean, I think his uh, book, which hasn't been released yet, was at number one on Amazon for I don't know how long. Um, I mean, anyone. I saw Vox Day. Uh, at Castellia House, say on a post yesterday that you know they'd gladly publish Milo's book, and and no shit, I mean any any publishing house that takes that on is going to um, is going to reap huge rewards. I mean, I don't even know why Milo would use a publishing house. Uh, just put it up yourself, mate. Just take you know take the lion's share of the money uh, just seems crazy to me uh but uh if uh if he does give it to vox day that will make castellier house and, and put it up into into a new d- dimension i'm a big castellier house fan so um i'd like to see that happen i really would um i think vox day does really 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 good stuff i don't always agree with him but but uh he's got to be he Put it this way, Vox Day is the first website I check in the morning. That's, so that's I think that's the, the best I can um, compliment that I can give him. Uh, not that he needs my compliments. Um, the thing I like about Vox Day, and the majority of the uh, the blogs that I link to in my in my sidebar, is that they are seekers of truth. They're seekers of truth, and if you are a writer or a commentator in any form, either you're you're seeking truth um, or you're a charlatan. So any ideologue is a charlatan because they're not seeking truth. They're seeking to push uh, an agenda that's in line with their ideology, no matter how inconsistent with reality that may become. Um which is why I, I have such disdain for progressives and leftists because they're just, uh, their minds are infantile. They're adolescents. They're not able to take new inf- information and assimilate it. They've, they've formed their personality and ego around 
um, their ideology. So they, 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 they can't handle logic, um, which is why I really even, um, you know, talk with them in real life now because it's just as soon as I hear it, I just there's no point. I've I've done it to death. I've I've made the arguments a hundred times. I've exhausted myself a hundred times. I've never changed one person's viewpoint. Um, who is an ideologue? And if you're an ideologue, if a person's an ideologue, the only person who can change their ideology viewpoint is them. When they when they wake up one day and there's like there's that final drop in the bucket that tips that tips the whole thing over and they're they're not able to hold the same intellectual lines and remain sane anymore so their ideology pushes them to the edge of to the edge of literal insanity and the ones that push through and and refuse when that drop the, the bucket gets tipped over and refuse to change are the ones who actually are the insane ones so whenever you you know when we're I mean, there was that um, that really fat chick. Um, what was the name that everyone gave her? Who was jumping up and screaming and shouting at at some at some college uh, thing? I can't remember what the name um, started with P. I think. But just you know, that's, that that's an example of insanity. That's an example of someone who's who probably wasn't that smart to begin with anyway. So the bucket the bucket moment passed very early on, and so they weren't able to they weren't able to to uh, rationalize it away um so seekers of truth uh and milo is a seeker of truth um and milo tells it how it is uh and for that milo has been targeted um i think a few things caused the the and this has been if if you don't understand that the taking down of Milo was a professional hit job by the progressive left, then I can't. I can't help you. I can't. You're you're, you're beyond help. You've been too brainwashed to understand what's going on. And there's some high-profile examples of that, which I'll, of people like this, which I'll get to in just a moment. But this was a professional hit job, and I think a few things brought it on. I think the major thing that brought it on was the book deal, with uh, the two hundred fifty thousand dollar book deal, uh, because. Uh, as much as we talk about the book industry being infected with progressive SJWs, and it is, um, progressive SJW writers don't generally get $250,000 book deals. Um, and that, I'm pretty sure that's stuck in a major craw, major. Um, Milo had a, appeared on Bill Myers or Mayer's show. I can't remember what his name is. I don't watch him. Who's, uh, I think Bill is an example of someone who's very, very close to the bucket, uh, the final drop going in the bucket and tipping over. Very, very, very close. Um, and Milo appeared on his show and... The last couple, I, mean, I think that was about a week ago that Milo appeared on his show. So I think that was also a tipping point too for the left, progressive left hit job people because, uh, though I doubt it, because before Milo appeared on the show, he was suddenly being touted by the mainstream media as the leader of the alt-right. And I thought this was weird because not only is Milo, Milo not the leader of the alt-right, um, he's publicly disavowed himself repeatedly and stepped away from the alt-right because he believes that it's all white supremacy which it's not um and suddenly the mainstream media were, were, were i mean and it was it wasn't just one or two outlets saying it it was it was across the board so it was one of those classic this is the this is the line you guys have to push here it is push it and i was, and I was looking at this going why why are they suddenly referring to milo as the leader of the alt-right um and now of course we've got the hit job on milo so i think i don't know whether the hit job the hit job on milo was to take down milo i mean we have to get this straight but i think that they before the hit job came out they wanted to uh try and take down the alt-right with it guilt by association i mean they tried to do it with richard spencer with the nazi saluting thing and that didn't work because it all fizzled out because those of us in the alt-right for those who don't know we don't care we don't care what you think of us we really don't 
Um, and now I think they've tried to do the same thing. I think they were all, already going to take Milo down and then someone said, oh, let's see if we can label him as a leader of the alt-right at the same time. But but at the time of me recording this, it hasn't worked once again because, once again, we don't care. We don't care what you think about us. So, you know, put as many labels on us as you want. Um, I'm pretty sure that Milo's going to be able to bounce back from this. Um, how long it takes remains to be seen. Uh, his resignation from Breitbart was surprising to me. Not that he resigned, but that Breitbart accepted it. Um, I am 100% absolutely convinced that Milo's uh, offer of resignation to Breitbart was done by Milo. Uh, Milo thinking that this would be an opportunity to prove his innocence. By, by offering his resignation, he, he proved his good intentions. And by the way, you have a look when a lefty progressive prick anywhere in politics in journalism anywhere is caught out on something big they never offer to resign ever in fact that's not that's not fair me lump throw that on conservatives and righties everywhere all right if someone's guilty as fuck they never offer to resign because they know they're guilty as fuck okay and I'm really able to empathise here with Milo because uh, in my career for those of you who've read my first book uh, spoiler alert when I was in Uganda and I was accused of being uh, of stealing from the company that I was working for, um, I offered my resignation. And at the time, it was this will I was thinking this will prove my innocence because I would only offer to resign if if I was innocent. It, that that was the way that I was actually thinking. Uh, and I think I was probably around the same age as Milo uh, at this. Now Milo comes across as a very um, uh, knowledgeable and worldly guy but he is pretty young and we're always learning don't forget that we're always learning and I'm 100% convinced as soon as I saw his his resignation offer for Breitbart I thought to myself okay get it he's he's doing this not to resign from Breitbart he's doing this to demonstrate to Breitbart that come on guys this is all this is all a put on job otherwise why wouldn't I offer my resignation so to me, that wasn't surprising at all. What was really surprising was the Breitbart accepted it. I, and I, the only thing I can work out there is because Steve Bannon's in such an important position in the Trump administration and because there is such a link here with Trump, and I think that Bannon might have leaned on them to accept it, only because it would have jeopardised his position within the Trump administration. That's what I'm thinking is going on here because I can't, I can't see any other reason unless Breitbart has not been <laughs> co-opted by SJWs. I know I've gone over this site extensively in the last few days trying to s see evidence of it. I mean, last night, uh, the um, announcement of, of uh, Milo's resignation, acceptance of resignation on Breitbart, very short article. Last night when I looked at it before I went to bed, I haven't looked at it this morning, had uh, 13,000 comments or something like that. I mean, that's... Um, that's extraordinary. And I, and I just went top comments and all in support of Milo. So that's the only thing I can think has happened here is that Bannon uh, leaned on Breitbart, which, if that was the case, that made uh, Milo's off resignation offer um, even more dicey. Thinking about it now, though, um, it could be the case that Bannon leaned on Breitbart to lean on Milo to resign because they saw the direct connection there, what was, what was going to happen. Possible. But uh, that's setting a precedent in the future for all Breitbart writers who say something mean. Um, what, you're going to have to resign because Steve Bannon's now in the White House. Um, so, phew, tricky political situation here, which the left are, are cunning, cunning fuckers, which they might have all picked out and that's why they went for him i mean maybe this was an attempt by the left to take down but uh, take down bannon as well because they do not like him in um in oh god my cat's about to go crazy here going after a moth oh my god um yes my cat is trying to find a moth so this is going to go really badly indeed um, and I hate, I hate pausing 
uh, audacity and trying to cut back in and it's just look i'm not a sound engineer it's just just a pain in the ass so i'm going to keep this going so the background you're going to hear crashing and bashing is my uh cat whose name is the duke uh chases this moth all around my office you fuck um so anyway that's that's my thoughts on the resignation of milo um he might have been forced into it now, thinking, mm, yeah, there's, there's a few different ways. Maybe we'll find out uh, in the future. It doesn't really matter, I suppose. Um, he's lost his major platform. Um, so I've, 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 I read through his, Milo's uh, um, uh, speech to the press. Um, there are a few other things that uh, caught my eye on this. There's been, I received, I didn't receive any myself, but I saw people on Gab, uh, which is, if you don't know, Gab is like the the new um, the new version of Twitter that's not for progressives. Well, you can be a progressive, but you can be anyone on there. It is for progressives, it's for everybody. We're not, they're not trying to shut people out. I think they've banned one person. Um, Pressuring, there's sort of on Gab people pressuring people. I saw the um, Stacey McCain, Robert McCain, the journalist, was being pressured to disavow Milo publicly. Um, I'm just not. Um, as soon as, as soon as someone tells me to disavow someone, I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not for disavowing people. Um, on our side, particularly someone uh, like Milo. And that's why I wrote about it when I wrote my article on Milo yesterday, that the Australian uh, conservative journalist, um, Andrew Bolt, I don't know what he's written. I haven't checked his site today because I was like, well, fuck you, Bolt, after what you wrote two days ago. Uh, I don't know whether he's... um, gone back on what he said he hasn't um, so basically this was on the 21st and it's now that Bolt wrote this his, his uh, headline on my show is how Milo crashed and why free speech isn't an excuse um now, you've got to understand that Andrew Bolt has his own television program, The Bolt Report, for those of you who are overseas, and it uh, appears on Sky News, uh, or Sky, it appears on, not Sky News, Sky, whatever, or maybe it's his channel, I don't know, I don't have cable, I refuse. Um, and Bolt had Milo on his show and television interview uh, several times uh, over the course of the last, I don't know, six to nine months. Bolt was a very early uh, and enthusiastic supporter of Milo uh, and really talked him up big. Um, and on the 21st of February, before my, Milo's press conference, uh, Bolt, as soon as this surfaced, Bolt threw Milo under a bus, just threw him under a bus, believed uh, all of the... Uh, uh, all of the the hit job lines. I mean, just fell for it, uh, hook, line, sinker, and Bolt's supposed to be the conservative um, writer and journalist and broadcaster on, you know, on all this stuff. Uh, as I wrote yesterday in my article, that's my cat again, in my article on Milo, um, Bolt has had a tendency in the past to virtue signal pretty hard when the going gets tricky and he's done it recently with i wrote about larry pickering the australian cartoonist who said a uh, told a muslim homosexual joke at a private function and bolt uh who's supposedly a defender of free speech um called on fellow conservatives to damn him um and also stated in print that pickering should have been howled down off the stage um so that's his most recent um virtue signaling fuck up um but this this now is just what he's done with milo is uh as i wrote bolt's a treacherous coward coward 
who leverages the left's blatant attacks on those on the right in order to affirm his own sense of moral superiority, superiority while attempting to advance his social status at the same time. And all at the expense of the victim, in this case, Milo. Um, either that or he is one of Nicholas Taleb's inglorious intellectuals yet idiots of which we are presently infected. I'm leaning towards the latter. I think Bolt's actually just stupid and he doesn't get... He doesn't... Look, Duke, you are the worst. Thank you. You finally got them off. Thank you. I mean, just how hard does it have to be? Now he's going to sit there and eating it. It's absolutely revolting. Um, so, look, I mean, Andrew Bolt... Uh, so so here we go we've got we've got people uh, on gab calling on journalists like McCain to publicly disavow Milo and now I'm publicly disavowing Bolt well I'm not calling on anyone else to publicly disavow Bolt I'm just going to disavow Bolt will I will I no longer write about Bolt no I'll continue to use him as an example of of someone who is it was just literally a an inter he's a useful idiot for the left that's what he is um and so in his position as a as a conservative journalist and commentator he is really 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 um dangerous he undermines he undermines everything that we're trying to fight for under the impression that he's at the forefront fighting for what we're fighting for so milo Milo's a seeker of... Here's the difference. Milo is a seeker of truth. Bolt is not. And if you're not a seeker of truth, then go away. As far as I'm concerned. You have to be a seeker of truth. Otherwise, why are you not doing this? Why are you doing this? You're undermining your own side. And that's really, 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 really important to understand. Um, so that's my that's my take on Milo. It was an obvious progressive hit job. If you can't see that, then well, as I said, you can't help, you can't be helped. Um, and of course, they're going to stand by him. Now, that's the other thing I want to talk about, Dave Rubin. So, because this is all connected, it's interesting how it's all come up in the last few days. So, here I am defending Milo, who was flamboyantly homosexual. Um, and I will defend Milo until the cows come home, because Milo is a seeker of truth. And he's on our side. And then we have Dave Rubin. Okay. Um, now... I wrote on February the 17th, Dave Rubin is a gay hypocrite because I was watching this video that someone linked to me of, and it's called Why I Left the Left by Dave Rubin. And Dave Rubin has his own show called The Rubin Report in America. And he used to be a progressive. He was actually a member of the Young Turks, which are as progressive as they get. But Rubin obviously had his um, bucket tipping moment recently where... The bucket threatened to tip over because the incongruities of his ideology and actual logic and information and truth that was presented to him um, caused him to take the right decision and to step back from his progressive lunacy and, and not go into the abyss of, of, uh, of insanity. Um, and so he's got this video about why I left the left, and you can, you can see it on my blog there. Just go to Dave Rubin as a gay hypocrite. Um, and I was watching it and I was thinking, okay, this is nice. It's nothing, it's all the same talking points. It's nothing, it's nothing new for those of us, uh, on the right who've been doing this for even just a little while. Um, and then I came across when he said that he's a married gay man. And I was, there we go. I thought, well, yeah. If you're a married gay man, if you're a gay man, you can seek truth as much as you want. And there's always been gay, gay men throughout human history, and there always will be. Okay. Um, but 
the married gay man is completely different um, because gay marriage isn't now an issue of sexuality. Gay marriage, uh, as a commenter wrote on my piece in support of what I wrote, um, gay marriage is a result of one's political, philosophical and ideological views because gay marriage is one of the prime ideological ideological uh, carriages, for want of a better word, of the progressive left. It's one of their central one of their central themes. Now, obviously, the left doesn't care about homosexuals. They're just using them as convenient tools to further further the agenda that they're going on about here. So this is why I can defend. I will defend Milo to the cows come home, who is homosexual, because he's a seeker of truth. But I cannot defend. Dave Rubin, uh, and I'm certainly not going to celebrate him for deserting the progressive side and coming over to to the the side of you know alt right, I suppose, or conservatism. Though I hate to use conservatism now because it's it's just been so debased and destroyed. Because because Rubin's not a seeker of truth. You can't say publicly that you're announcing your left ideology while holding on to one of the key components of progressive ideology, which is gay marriage. It just, it just, and the, 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 the arguments that I got from people on that post saying over and over again, what's the problem with gay marriage? It doesn't affect me. Or as one guy said, my two, my two, my two sons. If you don't see how gay marriage is going to be a threat to your two sons, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to help you once again because once again, it's not about gay marriage. It's about the normalisation of homosexuality. That's what gay marriage is all about. Which is then another nail in the coffin for the traditional family unit, which has always been the prime uh, target of the progressive left is the family unit. And you look at all the things they've done in the last 40 years to undermine uh, and ultimately destroy the family unit. This is a huge one. How does gay marriage affect the family unit? Well, well, now gays, with gay marriage, gays can, uh, of course they can officially adopt kids, but they can't go in and get IVF treatments yet to have kids. They can't do that yet. What happens, though, when that starts... Uh, that starts happening, um, and the normalisation of hom- homosexuality. So they can just it can just be uh, taught in schools. I mean, it, it, which they're doing now. By the way, I find it I find it incredibly hypocritical once again that the same people on the progressive left who have done their hit job on Milo with him talking about uh, supposedly pedophilia when he referred to young boys, he was he was referring to what they call as twinks in the in the gay culture. Um, and I've actually got a lot of gay friends. I used to, I used to work in an industry that was very gay dominated. I was known with half derision as the straight um, or the square. Uh, because this is the ironic thing. I mean, if you even back in the as early as the as twenty years ago in the nineties, uh, when I uh, was working with a lot of gay guys, um, one of the prime motivating factors for men to enter uh, the gay lifestyle back there was um, as an anti-establishment basis. As uh, we're not of, we're not with you squares. We're different. Blah blah blah. They wanted to be seen as different. Um, and now, that's why so many homosexuals I know are against gay marriage because they're like, we're all we're all anti anti-normal. <laughs> now you're saying that we all need to be normal. So it's just it's just it's all very convoluted. But you can, you can make it clear by looking at who's seeking truth and who's not seeking truth. Milo is seeking truth. Um, Dave Rubin is not seeking truth. Dave Rubin is a hypocrite. And he's painting himself as... And the real problem I've got is, uh, you look at the, the video that he's got there, all of the comments from those on the right just throwing their hands up in the air and going, yay, yay, here he is, isn't this great? Look, there's a former progressive has come over. It's like uh, it's like MGTOWs and guys from Voice for Men who who just, you know, 
fall over themselves in ecstasy whenever a feminist or a so-called former feminist in inverted commas rocks up to to help them out and further this cause look here as a feminist is fighting for men's rights you know it's just oh wow this is exactly the same thing so i'm not going to celebrate dave rubin coming supposedly deserting the progressive cause and coming over to the right i'm going to i'm going to call him out for the uh, hypocrite that he is because he is holding on to his aspects of his former ideology that suit him and that is not a seeker of truth that is someone who and i'll look i'll, I'll spin it out for you so you just so you understand if you read my blog and you read my articles i don't i write an article every day those articles are written before I write them. I have already gone through all the arguments in my head for it. And what I do literally is I, I'll hold one argument. Okay, we'll take Dave Rubin. Okay, here's Dave Rubin. I consider Dave Rubin to be a hypocrite for these reasons I've just pointed out. And I'm, I'm, what I'm going through now here is what goes on in my head. So I form one argument and then I form the opposing argument which is what the people were going to do when they came in to argue with me. And I try and argue those two arguments. <laughs> I try to argue them out in my own head so that I can arrive at what is the truthful, as I see it, situation. I don't always get it right. Most of the time I do. Sometimes I get it wrong in my own head, but it's revealed to me as I'm writing. So the right, the part of the writing is the final, the final way of, of arriving at what I'm trying to work out. And sometimes it slips through and I, and I write it and it's not correct, but then commentators will pick me up on my blog and say, well, pfft, no, and they're very quick to do it, which is great, which is really, really, really great. I've found in the last year, because it's been one year now that I've worked uh, full-time on this blog. Uh, it was February 2016 um, that I quit my job and began doing this full-time. And in the last year, I've been able to refine so many of my thoughts and opinions on these topics um, because of this process that I go through. So let's now go to Dave Rubin, who's supposedly left the progressive left. Now, if he's a seeker of truth, he's going to be having the same process going on in his head. So let's pretend you're Dave Rubin now. Okay, I'm leaving the progressive left, blah, 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 blah. If he was a seeker of truth, he would have to hold up in his head this bugbear of, of, of gay marriage and quickly realise that there's no way that he could hold those two together and be a seeker of truth. A seeker of truth. There's just no way. Because they clash so badly. Unless you're holding up straw man arguments. Us on the conservative side have become so desperate. Here's the ironic thing. Dave Rubin gets welcomed by open welcome with open arms by those of us on the right. Oh look, he's he's a former progressive and he's come over and he's seen the light. Uh, almost at the same time as Milo gets thrown under a bus. If we're so desperate for um, commentators and on the on the political right to um, re-establish ourselves why are we so quick to throw the few that we have got under a bus it doesn't make any sense and the answer to this is in the fact the secret to the answer to both of these is in the fact that so many on the right um, are still want to be seen as the good guys from the left. They still want the left to turn around finally and go, okay, you guys aren't 
nasty, bigoted, hateful, homophobic, racist, misogynist, Islamophobic, uh, nasty, nasty Nazis, Nazis, literally Nazis, which has been their shtick all along. They want the the Muslim right want to be able to say no, 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 you look, and and then they want to be able to argue the arguments on a on a logical playing field, and that's always been the conservative's mistake. The the left asks for a concession, or doesn't ask. The left demands a concession. You're a racist, racist. So conservatives spent thirty years falling over themselves, attempting to prove that they're not racist by implementing all of the left leftist policies everywhere for the end game of finally being able to have a level playing field where they can debate the progressive left in a logical, dialectic fashion. And the thing is, you never arrive. The left are going to keep changing that that line in the sand and pushing it ever, 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 ever closer to them. And running around celebrating Dave Dave Rubin when he's obviously got this huge ideological (laughs) bugbear hanging over his head and pretending it's not there. Because, oh, 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 look, 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 he's come over. He's just kowtowing to the left. If I was on the left, I'd be laughing. Look at this. Look at this. They're celebrating Dave Rubin, and he's 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 married to a guy. I mean, it's just farcical. It's absolutely farcical. And and we throw Milo under the bus. Why do they throw Milo under the bus? Because look look what we're doing. We're disavowing him as well. I mean, you were rioting. At, literally, there were riots in Berkeley University three weeks ago or four weeks ago about Milo. The left hate his guts. And three or four weeks later, we throw him under a bus. It's just absolutely um, typical of the modus operandi of the right in the last 40 years. If you're trying to work out why the right, the conservative right, has been losing the culture war for the past 40 years, the events of the past week are prime evidence number one. What has been going on right now? And if you've contributed to it by calling for Milo's head or celebrating Dave Rubin or whatever the case may be, you're just making the same mistakes that conservatives have been making for 40 years. And look at Andrew Bolt. Look at Andrew Bolt throwing Milo under a bus at the first... I mean, this was just such a hit job. How? How is it possible to throw Milo under a bus that fast? Because you're making the same mistakes that conservatives have been making all this time. Which means you're a useful idiot of the left. Yeah. So there you have it. I'm going to call this episode the truth episode because people, you don't have to be a writer or a, or a blogger or a podcaster or a YouTuber or have your own television show to be a seeker of truth. Everyone needs to be a seeker of truth, though. And you can do it by being intellectually honest with yourself. And you can do it by when you don't, when you argue a topic and you don't know enough about the topic, or someone is saying something that you're not able to counter their arguments. Either your own arguments aren't strong enough or you're wrong. So you need to go out and get more information. That's what a seeker of truth is, okay? Because a seeker of truth doesn't hold to an ideology. And this is why I love the alt-right. Because if you look at on Vox Day's website, of the 16 points of the alt-right, all of them, all of them are based on seeking truth. All right, let's do it. Hang on. Let me get them up. Let me get up the 16 points. Let's go through them and demonstrate this for you. Hang on here. Alt right. So Fox Day's website. Alt right, the 16 points. Let's go through them all. So this was published by Vox uh, Day on the 24th of August 2016. What the alt right is in the interest of developing a core alt right philosophy upon which others can build. Number one. 
The alt-right is of the political right in both the American and the European sense of the term. Socialists are not alt-right, are not alt-right. Progressives are not alt-right. Liberals, communists, Marxists, Marxians, cultural Marxists, and neocons are not alt-right. So neocons, very important there. Neocons are the ones who've been giving in, giving into the progressive left for the last forty years. They are not seekers of truth. Number two. The alt-right is an alternative in bold to the mainstream conservative movement in the USA that is nominally encapsulated by Russell Kirk's 10 conservative principles, but in reality has devolved towards progressivism. It is an alternative to libertarianism. And this is also important because I'm getting, I'm starting to get quite a number of uh, people commenting on my blog, bringing up libertarian um, principles. And lib libertarianism is not a political uh, formation of its own. Libertarianism is anarchy. But anarchy where you just want everyone to leave you alone, you can do whatever you want. Okay, that can only exist at present within a democratic, free market, uh, free speech society. So it's a feature of democracy. It's not a political entity in of itself. Number three, the alt-right is not a defensive attitude and rejects the concept of noble and principled defeat. Uh, what this means is, is that uh, we often get um, neocons, conservatives, uh, who deride um, or attack people in, on their own side because they're not saying things nicely enough. So this is a great example is Donald Trump. So many conservative attacks on Donald Trump are because he just doesn't act like a president should. Okay, this is classic um, rejection. This is classic example of noble and principled defeat. Um, alt-right is a forward-thinking philosophy of offence in every sense of the term. The alt-right believes in victory through persistence and remaining in harmony with science, reality, cultural tradition and the lessons of history. So in other words, Remaining in harmony with science, truth. Reality, truth. Cultural tradition, truth. And lessons of history, truth. It's based on truth. Number four. The alt-right believes Western civilization is the pinnacle of human achievement and supports its three foundational pillars, Christianity, the European nations, and the Greco-Roman legacy. Truth, truth, truth. And what he means by uh, the European nations there is uh, the Western rule of law and the separation of church and state. It's all based on truth. Uh, number five, the alt-right is openly and avowedly nationalist. It supports all nationalisms and the right of all nations to exist, homogenous and unalterated by foreign invasion and immigration. And that's because the truth is diversity plus proximity equals war. That's a truth. Multiculturalism is an ideolo ideological lie, which, which wants, to assume, wants to tell us that all cultures are equal and we can make good whites out of any barbarians that come into our midst, no problem. Okay, that's a lie. That's an ideology. Six, the alt-right is anti-globalist, which it has to be, of course, because it's just stated that it's nationalist. It opposes all groups who work for globalist ideals or globalist objectives because globalism is multiculturalism, is the UN, George Soros, all of that is all based on ideology. It's all lies. Number seven, the alt-right is anti-equalitarian. It rejects the idea of equality for the same reason it rejects the idea of unicorns and leprechauns, noting that human equality does not exist in any observable scientific, legal, material, intellectual, sexual or spiritual form. In other words, equality is not truth. Number eight. This is really important when we're talking about truth. Maybe the most important one of the lot. Uh, the alt-right is scientodific. Very hard to pronounce that one. It presumptively accepts the current conclusions of the scientific method, Scientodi, while understanding that A, these conclusions are liable to future revision, and B, that scientistry is susceptible to corruption, and C, that the so-called scientific consensus is not based on Scientodi, but democracy, and is therefore intrinsically unscientific. So there was a very famous uh, quote from Albert Einstein when he was presented with, Albert Einstein, I think it was in 1917 or 18, was presented with a... Uh, um, a signatory list of, I think it was a hundred scientists who had signed, you know, this list saying that they didn't agree with Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was wrong, and he looked at it divisively and dismissed it with the, with the uh, the quote. And I'm paraphrasing here along the lines of, "Why did you need a hundred? Uh, if you are able to dismiss me, dismiss me. You'd only need one scientist to dismiss me." 
which is basically based around the fact of the scientific method. The scientific method is you have your hypotheses and you spend all your time attempting to disprove your hypotheses. And if you're able to disprove it once, then the hypothesis is wrong, it's false. You need to, you need to throw it away and, and, or amend it with how you've proved it wrong. So it only takes, as Einstein was saying, it only take one scientist to prove you wrong. Why do you need to come up with 100? Have you proved me wrong? No, go away. Whereas what we have at the moment a lot of the time, and science has been debased hugely by the climate, global warming climate change scam in science history, which is consensus. Consensus is politics. That's what consensus is. Okay, Consensus is not science. So if you're after scientific consensus, you're not after truth. Remember it was truth we were talking about? Number nine, the alt-right believes identity, uh, then culture, then politics. And this is talking about uh, what's downstream of what. Um, well, this is, this, is, this is all based on, on seeing the world as it is, not as, as what, what you'd pretend you'd like it to be in some fairy tale unicorn leprechaun world. So truth. Number 10, the alt-right is opposed to the rule or domination of any native ethnic group by another, particularly in the sovereign homelands of the dominated peoples. The alt-right is opposed to any non-native ethnic group obtaining excessive influence in any society through nepotism, tribalism, or any other means. Okay. This is based on truth, and once again, that diversity plus proximity equals war. A good example of that is uh, Uganda, where I spent some time, and uh, Idi Amin, who was obviously a um, psychopathic uh, nut job, a uh, murderous psychopathic nut, nut job, um, through uh, all of the Indians, uh, the Indian merchant class that were uh, huge in Uganda at the time, he threw them all out. Now, of course, after that, Uganda had a massive problem because their whole uh, middle-class economy was based around Indians providing all the goods and services because Ugandans are too lazy or stupid to do themselves. But in principle, he was right. Because if you've, and if you've lived in Uganda, then, then you'll know what I mean. Of course, now the Chinese are going through Africa like a... Well, like Chinese are Africa. Um... Number 11, the alt-right understands that diversity plus proximity equals war. This is underlines a whole bunch of their stuff. 12, the alt-right doesn't care what you think of it. Okay. Because we believe in truth, not ideological ad hominem attacks. 13, the alt-right rejects international free trade and the free movement of peoples that free trade requires. The benefits of intranational free trade is not evidence for the benefits of international free trade. And it's based on truth. 14, the alt-right believes we must secure the existence of white people and a future for white children. That's the truth, and it goes in together with uh, um, their number five, they're avowedly nationalist. Um, and number 10, the alt-right is opposed to the rule or domination of any native ethnic group by another. Okay. Look, if India can have India for Indians, well, then England should be able to have England for Englishmen. That's a, that's a truth. It might be an uncomfortable truth. And just remember that a lot of truth, especially when you've been brought up with all of the brainwashing and ideological brainwashing, a lot of truth makes you uncomfortable. If someone's saying something that makes you very, very uncomfortable indeed, then you need, if you're going to be honest with yourself and you're going to be a seeker of truth, you need to examine that. And you need to work out why you're uncomfortable. And you need to work out whether you're, they're wrong or whether they might be actually saying a truth that is uncomfortable for you. And the more uncomfortable it is, the more important the truth for you might actually be. And that's a key indicator of a seeker of truth. And this is why defenders of free speech, if the free speech that it's uttered upsets you, that's when you really see whether someone's a defender of free speech or not. Because defending free speech only counts when it upsets you. It's very easy to defend free speech when you agree with the speech in question. Number 15. The alt-right does not believe in the general supremacy of any race, nation, people or subspecies. Every race, nation, people and human subspecies has its own unique strengths and weaknesses and possesses a sovereign right to dwell unmolested in the native culture it prefers. Truth. Last one. 
The alt-right is a philosophy that values peace among the various nations of the world and opposes wars to impose the values of one nation upon another, as well as efforts to exterminate individual na nations through war, genocide, immigration, or genetic assimilation. Because immigration is, is war by peaceful means. Just remember that. The Too Long Didn't Read version, the alt-right is a Western ideology that believes in science, history, reality, and the right of a genetic nation to exist and govern itself in its own interest. I don't like the, the, the term ideology there. Because ideology in of itself is an opposition to truth eventually. It'll, it'll start off, it might start off seeking truth. But it really ends up in that way. So there you go. Seeking truth. This, this is a really important podcast for me. And what I'm talking about here is the basis for everything that I do. And once again, if you're a, a writer, a blogger, a commentator, or, any, or anything, that you're putting your stuff out in the public sphere and you're not seeking truth, then... You're a waste of space at best. At best. Everyone that you see on my blog roll, every site that I link to on my blog roll seeks truth. It doesn't mean that they're right all the time. Nobody's right all the time. God's right all the time. None of us are gods. But we seek truth. And this is why the left is farcical, because they'll often try to discredit someone by bringing something up that they might have written or said 20 years ago, or 30 years ago, or 10 years ago. But the, the things that I, the thought process and opinions and truths that I had back then are different to what I am now, because I am a seeker of truth. I'm sure that I'll refine my, my thinkings further within the next 10 20, 30 years, if I get the luxury of being around that long. But the left don't. The left are intellectually stunted. They are, they are adolescent imbeciles who have arrested their growth at a certain point in their intellectual maturity, stayed there, and can understand or are extremely threatened by anyone who was able to change their opinions. That's why I was a big fan of Christopher Hitchens when he was alive, because Christopher Hitchens was a seeker of truth. Did he get it right all the time? No. But he damn well tried. He damn well tried. So, listeners of my podcast, think truth, sorry, seek truth, or get out of the room. And when you read my blog, you listen to my podcasts, that's what I'm trying to do. Shout out to Aaron Clary. Now, that's someone who seeks truth. Is Aaron right all the time? No. Do I disagree with stuff that Aaron does? Yes. Will I publicly say it? Of course. Because by publicly disagreeing with him, I'm trying to do him a favour. I'm trying to help him out. I respect him as a seeker of truth and I see well, maybe this truth isn't the one that you're talking about or the way that you think it is. Here's what I think about it. But I don't try to force it on him. I'm not going to say, you must think this way, like Andrew Bolt does. All conservatives must damn Larry Pickering, i.e. I'm the arbiter of truth and I will tell you what it is. No. This is what free speech is about. You say your truth as you see it. I'll say mine as I see it. Let's examine these two and let's see if we can arrive at what the actual truth is. This is why any laws forbidding speech are expressly trying to stop you reaching the truth. They don't want you to say certain things. And this is the key. Oh, this is so important. I'm supposed to be plugging Aaron, but I'll get back to that. I went through all the how I rationalize in my head. Um, most people don't do that. Most people only work out what they're going to say when they open their mouth. You often hear people say, I can't believe I said that. Because they literally didn't know what their opinion was until it came out. Oh, I can't believe I said that. 
wow, I can't believe I think that way. You have to let people speak. You have to let people get out what they need to say to be able to work out what they think because most people think by opening their mouths. And you see that all the time in interviews with people where where they ask a question and then they and they and it comes out and they're like, "Ah. Oh, ah. Oh. By limiting free speech, by calling speech hate speech and and remember, who gets to define hate? You force it underground. And people don't get to articulate and don't get to work out what they're actually thinking. And that's why it's so important. That's why maybe we're living in a really, um, I think this is a really interesting time to be a writer because we all have our own platforms. We're not dependent on publishers or editors or anything. We can get our stuff here out and get it out in the public sphere and say, no, this is, this is, this is my truth. This, was a, this is what I think on this topic and we put them out in the forum of ideas the forum of ideas we have a free forum of ideas at the moment wordpress and blogger haven't been uh the platforms that we use for our blogs haven't at this point been um, subjugated by sjw's and we might be living in a really luxurious time that we'll look on back on these years as is with you know Let's hope, let's hope that we don't look back on these years with great, um, um, what's the word? God, sometimes my brain doesn't work this early in the morning. Nostalgia. Let's hope that in the future we don't look back on these years with being able to write these blobs with great nostalgia because that will mean that in the future that the door has been closed on the internet and we're no longer able to put the truth out there. But for the moment we are. And a great fellow seeker of truth is Aaron Clary at captaincapitalism.blog.com. Uh, he'll give you truth. He'll give you truth. And you, you pay him money. You got, you know, you're trying to work out whether the degree you're about to do is awful. Pay some money to Aaron. He'll put a video up and he'll give you the truth as he sees it. And he often sees it pretty well. So go check him out. Okay, this has been the truth episode. Um, this has been a really important episode guys if you like this um, spread it around to your friends uh, follow me um, once again the blog's only been going for a little while so we're still slowly building up the sub subscriber list um, post it around um, leave a review on iTunes I don't think I haven't even checked iTunes I don't even know if I've got any but uh, just start helping me to disseminate this if you really like what you're hearing if you're, if you're coming here often well Help me to get it out to a few more people because uh, at a certain point it's going to have to grow to a point where I can keep doing it um, because financially it starts to work for me. So I'm not one to, I'm not a tin cupper. I'm not out there begging or demanding that you throw dollars my way. The way you can throw dollars my way is to buy my books. If you've already bought my books and you still want to support me, Put a review on iTunes. Do a review of my books on Amazon or Goodreads. Disseminate it amongst your friends. Post it up on these. Post up this on Facebook. Hey, you know, uh, and a lot of you are doing that. A lot of my articles get linked through on Facebook. I see that. Um, I've had some that have been linked hundreds of times. You know, and that's that's great. And it's starting to get out there. My numbers are going really well. For those of you who are interested on my blog, um, if I check the stats, uh, just to give you an idea. And if those of you are trying to get your own thing up and running and you're like, well, how does it, you know, what's the trick to getting it working? Well, it's posting every day and seeking truth. There you go. There are your two things you need to do. Seek truth and seek truth often so that people can depend every day. You want to be, you want to be the blog that people, like I said, I drop into Vox Day's site first. You want to be a blog that's on people's daily list that they're going to drop into. I started this blog back in October last year. In October for the month last year, no, in 2015. Sorry. Um, well, that's I have 186 views for the entire month in October. But January 2016 is more relevant because I was still working full-time at my former job. So the views for January 2016 were 679. Um, then in February, well, the end of January, I quit that job and I went full-time blogging. The views for February last year, one year ago, were just over 4,000 views. 
for the month. Um, and we're on track for this month, I'd say to get around 25,000 views. Um, and it's been over 20,000 um, since November uh, on a monthly basis. So, you know, it's starting to track through nicely. There've been certain jumps, um, but you know, it's, it's definitely starting to plug away. So, you know, help spread the word if you like what I'm doing. Uh, I'm not going to get out there and rattle tip jars. I don't have a tip jar. There's no, there's no account that you can send me money. The only way you can do it is to buy my books or just spread me around, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, this has been Adam Piggott on the Pushing Rubber podcast, the truth episode, episode 97. You are the deplorables and degenerates and Delcons and, and morons and idiots out there who love what I have to say. Um, you have a great week. I'll see you again next week.